Welcome to a new episode of Stranded at Third. This uh, is a New York Yankees podcast, but it is not a New York Yankees podcast because today we are going to be stranded on a desert third base island type thing. This is the brainchild of Kev, who is going to be my guest today. And we're going to be asking Kev uh, to give us six songs that are really important to him in his life. Uh, and we're going to ask him six really important questions. Kev, what's, what's, what's behind this, my friend? I would love to take the credit for this, right? But I have to own up and say that, number one, this is something that the BBC started in the 1940s. But some other podcasts that I listen to over the years have done something similar. Uh, football podcast in particular have done it. And the Mets boys done something similar back in the day, a few years back as well. Um, so hats off to Harper, I've got to give him a shout out He won't listen to this because he absolutely despises the Yankees But I did actually hit him up before I said I did this and said, listen, I'm going to rip your idea off And he replied with, I ripped off the BBC, so don't worry about it <laughs> So yeah, so it's all good mate, but it is enjoyable I've enjoyed doing them so far Now I yeah, get to be... it's, been, it's been fun, they've been fun to listen to They've been fun to yeah. listen to, man So And they, and I don't think, yeah, we, you talked about that, you know the fact that they're Mets fans and they hate the Yankees. Well, I, I don't think you need to be uh, a Yankees fan to listen to this. It's a, it's a story about, you know, about your life, about some of the f- sort of fun experiences you've had with baseball generally. Yeah, yeah they it evolve, evolves a lot around the Yankees, but, you know, it's just fun stories really. And, and, and then, yeah, we get to get to natter about music at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's two of the big passions in my life, and I know certainly in your life. And I've got to admit, man, I love doing these podcasts. I love recording them with people. I just love people's stories. I love to get to know, you get kind of stuff that you wouldn't normally talk about and get stories out of people. And it's just ah, it's just right up my street. And I think you just wish more people would listen to them because I think if people did start listening to them, they would enjoy them and they would be desperate to get involved. But the good news is I've got some people lined up. So once we've been through us lot, we'll, we'll get some some other guests on and hopefully we'll start expanding it and it'll keep us going through the winter because there is nothing happening baseball wise at the moment nothing no there isn't and actually <laughs> i was listening to a podcast the other day about who where they were complaining about the fact that there's nothing going on and and you know we're all just sort of waiting for i don't know the winter meetings where very little is probably going to happen yeah, or, and, and we've had years we've had years in the past where nothing happens until February or March or whatever, you know, people are inside spring training and you're signing people. It's like, dude, guys, come on, get on with it. You can see how the media in America are scraping around for anything they can fill. They can fill their, well, I don't even know if it's back pages anymore to, fill, to try and get clicks from. And it is desperation stages, the stuff you're reading about. I mean, I, I used to, Hot Stove for me used to be up every morning, check baseball rumours, or whatever it's called, MLB rumours. Yeah. Check that straight away, see what was going on. And there was always stuff going on. See, I haven't even looked at it. I, I occasionally have a nose in my phone or something will pop up from Bleacher Report. But, pff, yeah, 
there's, it says a winter of nothing. It is, well, it is, and it's, it's probably partly to do with the uh, the crazy year we've had, and, and partly yeah. to do with next year being a bit of an unknown too. So um, yeah. yeah, oh well, cool. it, it will good. play out how it plays out. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Cool. We got these these six questions. We've got some six songs to go through. So I'm gonna gonna kick us off with the first question, Kev. So tell us what life was like for you when you were growing up, if indeed you have grown up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Most will tell you I haven't. I'd love to say there was all this exciting stuff to tell you, but there really isn't. My life was pretty pretty standard. Grew up in my kind of council house in, in Lanarkshire, actually right in the, the shadow of the famous or infamous Ravens Craig Steelworks, which maybe if you're maybe you guys down south wouldn't know that much about it, but it was the sort of heart of the news in the sort of eighties and nineties as as I grew up. Um in the eighties, certainly when I was I was too young to really remember it, but the minor strike was going on and there was a lot of sort of strife going on around about that. And then in the nineties it was famously closed down and kind of devastated the area I grew up in really there was so many people either directly or indirectly employed there. But I mean for me, life growing up was great. I mean, we just a normal working class growing up really upbringing. My dad had the coolest job in the world when I was about five or six he had um he was a rep for golden wonder so he had this big van that he used to drive around shops selling them crisps and sweets so every wow. now and again yeah every now and again i would go out with my dad in the van and every shop we were into they would give you some sweets it was like the best day out ever um but yeah that, <laughs> he did that for a few years and um we actually lived with my granddad um when i was a, when i was a baby till i was about six i think um, my grand had died a few years before i was born and my granddad was really lonely we had this big kind of council house and he, he asked my mum and dad to move back in with him. Uh, so it was me, my sister, my mum, my dad and my granddad all lived in the house together and it was great. Did everything my granddad went everywhere with him. He was a bit older but he still worked and stuff and yeah, it was just a happy childhood. That's all I could say, a happy childhood growing up. My mum and dad, I think probably, I'd actually remember, they bought a caravan at a caravan set, a static caravan, but we'd actually, my dad's friend had gave us a loan of theirs and I've one of the vivid memories of the caravan was, which wasn't our caravan, was their caravan, was watching Live Aid. So that was the time we went up. I actually remember watching it in the caravan. One of the memories that stuck in my head, but we had such a good time up there. My mum and dad ended up buying a caravan up there, an old caravan, and I spent all my most weekends up there, all my summers up there, just doing daft stuff that kids did back then. It's, it's a wonder that we, you know, nowadays you get, I say nowadays it's not easy to hop on a plane anymore in the, in the current yeah, climate but, but yeah it, it, even even getting in a caravan now is bloody difficult but I, I remember the same sort of you know you you didn't go abroad in those days you you jumped in a in a caravan or you went to a campsite and and uh, yeah you played cards and yeah. you played with your transformers or whatever yeah, and, and hoped that some kids nearby were were friendly yeah i mean that was that was that was it and you made your own fun and the, the caravan site we went to it was up in Fife it was near St Andrews and um it had two beaches and it also had this big um kind of like cliffs but built into the cliffs was old war emplacements the World War II and it was actually a lookout built into the cliff it's hard to describe but it was this concrete building that basically came out the face of the cliff and we used to sit on the roof of it we used to go down the summer and everyone would sit on the roof of it and stuff and I went back a few years ago uh, me and Julie that's probably about seven it was before Owen was born probably about seven years ago and we went to walk up there oh my god it's scary uh, it's like super scary, but we used to do it back then without even thinking about it. So uh, that, that was just a great, great time growing up. And yeah, throughout my teenage years, school, I kind of loved school. Really, really enjoyed it. Was not, I'm not the most academic person on the planet, but 
did all right and stuff like that, but I enjoyed school, I enjoyed the social side of it. And one of the things for me was the people that I kind of was friends with when I was 12, 13 years old are still my close friends just now. So we've all kind of stayed in that same group. We all kind of live not too far from each other. We've all kind of grown up, got married and had kids and stuff like that, and everyone's still friends. So pretty cool. Mostly my life revolved around about probably football, played a lot of golf, and a bit older I was into cars, a lot modifying cars, that kind of stuff. So nothing extraordinary, nothing amazing to report back, just a sort of happy childhood growing up and yeah, that was pretty much it. In- interesting you say that, like about school and the people you were around back then. So it- it's funny for me, I know very few people from my school days now okay. and I, I moved away I I lived lived maybe three or four miles from the school I went to like the secondary school and I sort of I I never really saw the the people I knew from school I saw a few of them outside but not not that many and then yeah after school I wasn't around much because I I was either in Portsmouth or I was in Birmingham as I mentioned you moved around a bit um, after that exactly so I didn't really see them for a while and and now I live about a swell a stone's throw from that school <laughs> wow. and it's really odd so when, when i had the dog we, we used to walk around and we, we would i would see people who i knew from the school or run into people from school which was a bit weird so i i, I knew a few people uh, and, I, and i think you know there, there are mums and dads at the at the school that when i drop my kids off now that I, i'm sure i knew when i was at school yeah but yeah it, it's a bit weird for me because and it was interesting because we, we um, you and I did the podcast where, where you interviewed me for this, but actually prior to that, Rob and I had a lot of those right, discussions yeah. as well. And and one of the stories I told him that I didn't didn't really tell on on the podcast that we had was, and it sort of links to my my love and passion for a the the Negro leagues and b sort of um, diversity as a whole and and, and inclusion. Um, I was treated like an immigrant at school, so I, okay. I have very dark skin, very yeah. olive skin. And and uh, people were, you know, I, I'm I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination I have experienced racism because yep. I haven't. I, I experienced white privilege is what I what I experienced. But the reality mm-hmm. is, at school, I got treated Definitely. really really badly by yeah by by people because that they they thought I was uh, yes. of a different ethnicity. Yeah. So yeah, that was um, an interesting thing growing up. So again, and I think that 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 treatment probably led me to not really wanting to have anything to do with a lot of the people I went to school with. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. And I suppose one of the things I should mention is is I grew up um, as I say, we lived with my granda till I was um, till I was about six, I think six and a half maybe, uh, and then we moved up to the town that I live in now, which is about five or six miles up the road, um, but more into the country kind of more of a rural town. It's not a small town. I mean, I think the population's probably about 25,000 people, so it's not a tiny, tiny town by any stretch of imagination, but it's one of them places where, number one, I'll always be an incomer because I wasn't born here. Number two, everyone knows everyone. That's a stretch. Not everyone knows everyone, but people do all know each other. And to be honest, yeah, yeah, I, I feel feel very fortunate that we did make that move because it's um, a great place to grow up. But I have, because I grew up and I was raised Catholic, um, I went to school in Musha, the town I used to live in. And um, when I went to secondary school anyway, sorry, I started, I went to school in Musha. So I've got all these mates from the town that I live in, which is five miles up the road from Musha. And then... I have, um, I've got all my schoolmates, I see all of them, the guys that I ran about with at school, they're still a big group of us, they're all still cool, uh, good friends and stuff like that, we don't see each other as much as we used to, but weddings, all that kind of stuff, we all get together, so I've got this two huge groups of mates that we're all still kind of really close, some guys have moved away, some guys have emigrated, that kind of stuff, but we all still keep in touch, you know, the WhatsApp chat between us is, is, there's, 
you know, chat on it every single day between us, all that kind of stuff. So I feel quite fortunate, man. It's as I say, yeah, an un- unspectacular life, but um, a pretty fulfilling life growing up. And yeah, I've, I mean, I can, as I say, my parents worked really, really hard. My, my dad worked a couple of jobs. Once I was a wee bit older, my dad actually went out and set up his own business, and uh, that was, you know, you always had that thing where people. People kind of thought, oh, your dad's got your own business, you must be rich. But it was it was not like that at all. I mean, it was like some, some years were great. When business was good. Things were good. A lot of years we were struggling to get by. You had to make, make do, but that was just the way it was. And yeah, as, as I say, with a happy childhood, when things were good, things were good. When things were not so good, yeah, you know, you just got on with it. So I think that's possibly made me the kind of person I am today because we live through that kind of stuff. So... But yeah, yeah. Well, as I like you say, you had your, your family, family and friends around, and yeah, around the time, and uh, yeah, great, great that oh, they good. continue to be friends. That's that's pretty awesome, but yeah, that's cool. So, uh, w- why don't you you tell us about the first song that you've chosen to? to yes, play? so I juggled about with the order of my songs quite a bit. And I had intended this to be my last song, and then as I thought about it, I thought I'm obviously going to talk about the life growing up and the fact that I spent a lot of time up at the caravan, uh, up in Ely, near, uh, near St Andrews. And my sister's friend, I think I was, must have been in first year, might have been still in P7 going into first year. And there was a guy I was friendly with up there and his older sister was friends with my older sister. And she came up to me and gave me this cassette. I can still picture the cassette, right? The TDK cassette with a yellow label on it, yellow sticker on it, and the writing on it, this stone roses. Right, and she handed me and she said, "This, listen to this, it'll change your life. She, it did. And it's one of them things. Um, I started listening to the album and I could not switch off. And I've been, I don't know if it kind of took me down a different path because a lot of guys, especially my mates up here that I ran about with, were all into rave music. Once we were into sort of first, second year, they were, rave music was a big thing. Oh, I, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Oh, God. I hated that, it. And that might, yeah, that may have also been my part of my problem with, <laughs> yeah. with any of my friends was yeah. fuck I hated my music see one of the things with me is I've always liked to be different I don't know why but I'm just I've never been afraid to be different I've never I kind of actually quite enjoy being different and um, you know a lot of my mates were all into rave music and stuff and I wasn't I listened to Stone Roses I listened to uh, Guns N' Roses well, gone. I listened to a lot of guitar music Nirvana all that kind of stuff but the Stone Roses album still, I still class that as the most important album in my life. And it's still one, I think as we mentioned it before, that we talk about all the time. And this is by far my favourite song on it. So this is the one by Stone Roses.
Superb. Yeah, so for me, Kev, I, I, I'm glad you moved that from last to first. I think it's a really good intro type song. And, yeah. and uh, it always struck me when I listened to it with the other songs on the album that it's a, that, that would have been a really good start to an album, actually. Yeah. I, I um, Whenever I listen to Stone Rose's album, I can listen to all the songs at normal level. As soon as that song comes on, I have to whack the volume up. I just have to. And I waited a long time to see the Stone Roses. I've seen, um, I seen the Seahorses quite a few times after they split up and John Squire, the side project. Yeah. Seen Ian Brown probably four or five times live himself. Um, but I had waited a long time to see the Stone Roses and we went to Heaton Park for the first gigs they did back. And whenever I go to a festival or, this is a little tip for people, if you go to festivals or music gigs and you want to take a carrier in with you, you always have sacrificial drinks so that the security guards think they've done their job and they get something off you but you've got your good stuff stashed further down. Nobody took anything off us that night. So we get in with all this extra carryout, and there's a big chunk in the middle of the gig that I don't remember, right? And I don't remember that song at all because we were so drunk and it's ridiculous. Um, best weekend ever, by the way. It was brilliant. Well, it was not the best ever, but one of the best ever. And um, I seen them, I waited all that time to see them, seen them at Heaton Park and then seen them a week later at Tina Park. And at Tina Park, I was pretty sober. And... Uh, it was brilliant because it was all this big bit of the gig that I couldn't remember. And that song, like the, the gig was so good. But see, when they got to This Is The One, the place just exploded. It was just, the atmosphere was unbelievable. And it built, I ended up seeing them four times in total on the comeback tour, um, which I was pretty pleased about. But yeah, such a special album, special band. And as I say, I'd seen, obviously seen Ian Brown. I'd seen Manny with um, Scottish band Primal Scream. I'd seen them many times oh, yeah, live as well, but I'd never seen Rennie live. Rennie's unbelievable, the drummer. See if you actually isolate the drums in the Stone Roses, he's utterly phenomenal. Um, yeah, yeah. And there's one thing about that band that I think, I don't know any other band in the world where all four of them are so important. If you take one of them out of that band, it just doesn't work. I can't think of any other band in the world where every single one of them is so important yeah. to the sound and important to the band. But anyway, <laughs> it's... I, I, w- I would say the rest of your playlist probably disagrees with that. Actually, but <laughs> at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, I do see your point. I do yeah. see your point. And actually, when, when we get through this to the end, I think that there are some things that we need to talk about, about your, your choices here, because there's, yeah. there are some interesting links. And actually, um, you know, uh, Primal Scream is another link that is it's quite you know it's threaded throughout this yeah um I guess you're going with that, yeah. In, in a way yeah, yeah and, and, and it, some of the other stuff what, what i did with this and i loved the way you went with yours and went with stuff you're listening to i just felt like there was bands i had to get in and I, honestly there, there was a few of them I, I was like i can't leave them out and eventually i settled on the bands and then i started to think how could i link the answers to the questions that i was doing now i knew that this is the one was going to go in but the other ones there is a sort of uh, four out four out of the next five. There is a reason behind them, um, and it does tie into the question a wee bit. So you can probably see it yourself. But but uh, that's that's the kind of reasoning I took on it. Um, so yep. Okay, mate. Nice one. Well, let's move on to the to the next one then. Um, so the the next song, uh, not the next song straight away, but the next question, which is, uh, when did you become a Yankees fan, and why? Yeah, so this is something I've kind of touched on. We've talked about this in many podcasts in the past, and I'm kind of part of that Channel 5 generation with Baseball on 5, with Johnny Gold and and Josh and people like that, that David Lingell and stuff. I was kind of, I was a student back then, and about partying Friday night, out partying all night, Saturday night, sleep all day Sunday, and then be wide awake on a Sunday night. And just as fate would have it, I did not have um, college on a Monday morning. 
uh, had a Monday morning oh, off, man. which was superb. So that's not a fight; that's liver damage. <laughs> it is. But what I used to do is we do different things on Sundays, but quite often we go to cinema. A big group of mates and that we go to cinema and stuff. But I'd come in a bit wide awake, back at twelve, and there was only five TV channels back then, so you couldn't, you didn't have all the choice you have now, and. I just started watching it. A few, a few guys that um, were in the same boat, guys I went to college with and stuff, we all kind of started watching it. We would talk about it on a Monday, we went in and talk about the game that was on and stuff. I can't say I was a huge fan of any team. I'd be lying to say I was a fan of any team back then, but I definitely was drawn to the Yankees, um, possibly because they were winning everything, I don't know. But I've always said that I liked the players more than anything else, and Tino Martinez was by far my favourite player. I just thought the guy was great and loved him and the Yankees did a lot of cool guys back then Bernie Williams especially obviously Jeter was doing his thing um, I liked the Rocket as well um, I still do I know he's what were the things that drew you to them then? do you know I can't put I can't ever put my finger on why I'm drawn to certain sports people but I am I just I don't know I, there's just people I just take a likeness to and there's people I just thought Martinez was cool the way he went about it and he was a big player he would, he would come up clutch in a lot of places which you know, I didn't even know what clutch meant and back then until, you know, until I learned that from, from Channel 5. But I don't know, you just watched it and you, you couldn't pick your game. So you were watching whatever game was on. And, you know, my mate's an Indians fan because he loved uh, the Indians back then and stuff. And that was, that was it. I, mean, I was a Yankee. I, I couldn't say I was drawn to the Yankees. I certainly had quite a few Yankee stuff. I had a Yankees top back when baseball tops were in. And the kind of probably... 93, 94, I reckon, when baseball tops were quite the rage up here for some reason. There was a little kind of fashion craze. Uh, me and a couple of my mates, they weren't, I didn't even think they were legitimate Yankees tops. They were pinstripe tops that said Yankees across them. But it was a bit of a fashion craze for a wee while. I also had a bizarrely a Chicago Bulls baseball top. Well, I see, for me, I, again, but basketball, yeah. you say that, but basketball... Yeah. Was was a big thing, oh, particularly the then, because you huge. had the balls. Yeah, it was yeah, huge. Yeah. Jordan just made it massive, and it was on. It was on TV back then as well. The because I played a lot of basketball at school, and uh, I used to watch it back then. I'm not really a big fan of it anymore. I've got to admit, I got a bit bored with it. But yeah, you're right. The the Bills was a huge thing. But I had a bizarrely, I had a Chicago Bills baseball top. Um, <laughs> baseball top. But yeah. yeah, it's funny though, isn't it? So I think I've got I've got a Yankees basketball top. Mm. somewhere yeah um from my place so i i used to say about um, basketball i used to play basketball in the winter and play baseball in the summer because ah, cool. um, i enjoyed i i i, I like watching basketball but generally the highlights um yeah. and i'm i much much prefer playing it than watching it yeah basketball that is I, I, I loved playing that particularly when I was at school yeah I was the same at school I loved it we played a lot and there was like an after school club I played a lot of football obviously um, that's my kind of main sport but um, back then I loved I absolutely loved basketball but I was actually believe it or not kind of quite tall for my age probably through till about third year high school I was probably one of the taller ones I wasn't super tall but I was one of the taller ones my year so I could hold my own at basketball mm-hmm. but yeah I, I really enjoyed it and then um I had like a couple of Yankees hoodies. I had some Yankees t-shirts and stuff back way before before I went to New York. And in 2003, uh, me and three of my mates went over, to, went over to New York. Actually, one of my friend's grands had emigrated over to Long Island. She lived out in Long Island. So we went out and stayed with her for three days. Wait, we'd have been 20, 24, something like that. We went out and stayed with um, my mate's grand. 
for, I think we stayed with her for three days, and uh, her new husband, the guy that she'd married when she moved over and moved over there, um, Frank, he was just your typical Italian-American. Everything's better in America, but he was just he was the best guy. I don't think he could understand a word any of us was saying, but he was, honestly, he was just the nicest guy, and we just sat in his house because I was into baseball. He just loved it, and he would just, we would just sit and watch baseball, drinking beer. So we went into the city, we stayed with her for three nights, we went into the city for, I think it was eight nights or something, and the last night we were, yeah, the last night we were going to be in the city was my birthday, uh, which is September 11th, believe it or not, and it was the anniversary, two years after 9-11, and um, what they did was my mate said, listen, we'll buy you a ticket to go to the Yankees game since it's your birthday, so they bought five tickets we bought one for frank as well and frank came out in his car came to the game with us and then took us back to their house we stayed a couple of nights and then we went home um so i went to yankee stadium and just i don't know the whole the whole shit bob shepherd you know monument park the old yankee stadium just there was just something about it that just is so me. at that point, were you a Yankees fan already at that point? or what, I was drawn to the Yankees. I was, drawn to the Yan- I was drawn to the Yankees, but there's no way I could call myself a fan. I knew I knew quite a few of their players and stuff like that. Uh, Jason Jambi was probably one of my favourites in it. After I kind of went to that game and got right into following the Yankees, then um, Soriano was my favourite player. But um, I really liked Jambi at the time, probably because he was mashing home runs, which is... When you're not that yeah. into the game, oh, it's, it's, it's a big thing you're into, isn't it? But um, now nah, we went there Absolutely. and just the whole, there was just something about it. It was just, even outside of the, you know, it's not the nicest area, the bit, it's all dark underneath the, the railway lines under there and stuff. And you're just soaking up atmosphere, man. It was just like, I kind of like people watching and stuff. And it was just like loud, brash Americans shouting, you know, guys selling stuff and it's just like, you know, I've, I've been going to football all my life at Celtic Park. People probably know I'm a Celtic fan. And um, it was kind of like an American version of that. If you ever if you ever come up here for a game, be it Celtic Rangers or anywhere, you get the guys shouting, selling scarves, selling badges. And you probably won't understand the word they're saying, but it was just like the American version of that. And it just kind of, it got me. I just kind of felt like this is home for me. I love this. And I, I, right I get it. that. I get that. So when I went to uh, went to New York, probably in '96, uh, we would rather than go to a baseball game. I think we went to a basketball game because I think the must have the season must have finished. I think it was yeah, probably that time something. So, but I I remember hanging out with um, my dad's wife's family, and they were all from Long Island, very very broad accents, and I I remember them. I think we might have been. We we went to go and watch the new what was the New Jersey Nets. Oh, of course. Um, and I, I one of them said to me, "Get." I'm not. I'm doing a terrible version of that. It sounds Irish when it came out of my face yeah. then. But get get. I'm like, what the what the what? I don't understand what you're saying. And they were saying, "Go ahead." Ah. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. And get. It's, it's yeah, like yeah. it's fallen out, fallen out yeah. of their mouth. And there was a couple of other things as well, and they absolutely loved the fact that I I didn't understand what they were talking about. Um, but yeah, yeah. So so I I do get that, and particularly that that sort of yeah that that age, mate. Uh, that, yeah. that kind of time. So uh, genuinely, from that moment after that game, I was absolutely hooked. So I came back home. And at the time, I was living in a flat. I'd actually just bought a flat in Moen. Um, so I came home at that time, Satanta, 
I don't know if you ever remember Satanta. Satanta carried the Scottish football. Satanta Sports. Yeah, yeah. and they also carried the NESN North. Not NESN. Yeah, sorry. North. What was NESN? Yeah, you're right. NES. It was. Yeah. I no, don't know. Was it East, Northeast I, American? No. I don't know what no. the E stands for actually, but it was yeah, Something Northeast that, Sports yeah, yeah. Network. But anyway, it was. Um, I don't actually know what the N stands for. E stands for, but it was NESN, and um, yeah. they had they had because the Yankees had a pretty good team at the time. They were getting a lot of coverage. So I came back and obviously I had subscribed to that because of football. So I happened to get that way, get the baseball through it. And I just used to sit up all night watching the Yankees and I was just totally hooked. And I would go to work absolutely eyes knackered. But I, I just, I was so into it. And that season, um, I actually come on to something to do with that season later on. But it was just, um, yeah, it was just phenomenal. That was me completely hooked on the Yankees. And I, to the point of, utter utter obsession for a few years um now things did calm down a bit because you just you just want everything everything baseball and then eventually you kind of find your place and, and you calm down a bit but there were some pretty good years to be a yankees fan although i've never seen them win a world series until 2009 it was um i don't think they never made they made the postseason every season um so yeah pretty enjoyable and as I say, a few of my mates were into baseball, so I had somebody to talk to baseball about. Um, some guys I knew from my town as well that were into baseball I played football with, um, which is the guys that I ended up pulling everyone together to do bases loaded back, way back, probably seven years ago now. Um, so yeah, it was all guys. I, yeah, it was all kind of guys I knew. But yeah, so that was that was yeah, how I became it, a Yankees fan. That, that's interesting, actually, Kev, because actually, you know, we still post these podcasts on strike three media so if you go back far enough in time yeah. far enough in time to like episodes 29 or 32 something like that of bases loaded yeah. that that's you and me talking in 20 smart isn't it 12 2013 isn't it and yeah. i don't know I, I don't even remember how we we connected if originally but Twitter, I um, think. it might have been the forum yeah, I started that forum as well. Yeah, I started Bases Loaded yeah. um, as a format. So I got to know Blakey as well and uh, quite a few other guys. And I could, uh, my passion mm. for baseball was huge. Uh, it still is. But I mean, I, I think um, after my son was born in, in 2014, time became a, a, a bit of a challenge for me. And I fell a bit away from it a little bit. But I've still always been passionate about it. I've just never had enough time to do all the stuff I want to do. And then when Blakey came up, come up with this idea to get a Yankees podcast. I was like, brilliant. Because myself and Gary, from who's a Red Sox fan from, uh, I actually told you this last week, but we had ideas about a year later. I've always kept Strike 3 Media going. Strike 3 Media was something that I started along with the Mets boys. And we used to have a San Francisco Giants podcast on it with um, some guys from, from San Francisco. And the idea was yeah. what we tried, what we wanted to achieve with Strike 3 Media was a hub where all UK-based podcasts could be on the same channel. So we're all sharing subscribers. We can build the channel up. We could start to, obviously, hopefully, um, I don't know, just like make it a, a hub for UK baseball. And it was always a plan. And it's, it's something I would love. Um, you know, we've got all these different podcasts in the, the UK now, and they're all on different stitcher and all these different. And, and the costs of running Spreaker a year are they're minuscule. I mean, it doesn't. It's not a lot of money, but it's not about the money. I just wanted a hub with her, and that's why we called it Strike Three Media. We all agreed on that kind of name because it was neutral. Um, that's, I think it's quite a clever name as well. But it's I've I've kept it going. The Mets boys have kind of fell away, but I've got a wee feeling they might be back next year. I've got a feeling they they might have a wee bit of inspiration mm -hmm. to come back next year, and I hope they do because it'd be good if we could start building 
building things back up. But it was it was it was genuinely through Harper at um at Mets Boys Harper's. He's done a Celtic podcast right from the very get go. Podcasts were around, and it was him that was a sort of driver for it and got it started. Um, but yeah, it's been a okay, long time. So I think. Yeah, yeah, so it's been good. It's been a good ride. Speaking of things that got it started, do you want to talk us through your next song selection? Yeah, so this one kind of goes back a little bit to me growing up, and I kind of, I was possibly going to start with this one, and basically, I love the Beatles. Now, the Beatles, the fact I love the Beatles comes from the fact that we went everywhere in the car. Every holiday, we went to Blackpool a lot, went to the caravan, that kind of stuff. You went in the car and my dad would put his music on. So things like the Beatles, Queen, Dire Straits, all that kind of stuff. But I just absolutely love the Beatles. I think they're one of the best bands ever. Uh, this is one of my favourite songs. It was hard to pick my favourite song, but I, I do think this is probably my favourite. And the fact it's George Harrison, uh, one of George Harrison's songs makes it stand out a little bit for the Beatles for me. So, Yeah. Well, my guitar gently weeps. Sorry, I was supposed to mention the name of it. Is a tune, Kev, and like, the majority of the music that we listen to, you and I particularly, but yeah. quite the majority of everything else doesn't happen without the Beatles at all. Nah, they're, they're so important, so important to everything. And then, yeah. um, this is where I go back to your original point about oh, where what was it? Something about the uh, Stone Roses where they're all so important, and if yeah. you remove one of them, I don't know many other bands. The Beatles is one yes. of those bands. You cannot remove yeah. any one of those guys. It is a, a very fair point. And they, they are all the sum of their parts as well. And I, I think that's one of the reasons I picked While My Guitar Gently Weeps because George Harrison, I think he was one of my fa- probably my favourite member of the band, if I'm being honest. Although I did, Ringo is quite cool too. But um, but yeah, it's, it's one of them things. I'm grateful to my dad for all them, all them trips up and down the car, listening to the Beatles, the Kinks, all that kind of stuff. But... Um, yeah, I'm a huge Beatles fan. I do, I do listen to Beatles a lot, actually, still. Um, there's there's one of the bands coming up on here that I shamelessly don't listen to as much anymore, but this has actually got me inspired to listen to them again. But I do listen to the Beatles a lot and still love them. Yeah, I do. And I, I know what you mean. And uh, what you said about your dad, my, my dad liked the Beatles as well. And uh, and I remember vividly, like, it's, I, 
I struggle to remember an awful lot from my childhood, but I do remember mm. sort of, I must've been around as I was getting into music, eight, nine, 10 sort of age, we had a, like a huge, um, uh, stereo, you know, yeah. you know, those things that were so big, they Carbon. took up. Yeah. There's a proper yeah. cabinet and all it yeah. had on it was, was a single tape deck yeah, well, that was again, huge. And, and, a um, a, a um, a turntable. Turntable, yeah. And what, a space. What, was, what else was in? What was in filling up all that space? Nothing. God knows. Nothing. Yeah. 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 I have no idea. Uh, it was huge, and they were big, heavy beasts. Yeah, and again, you'd have your at the bottom. You'd have your um, your LPs at the bottom, yeah, wouldn't your you? Records went Exactly. So, and I remember leafing through them, and yeah, the, the Beatles albums were in there. ELO. Um, oh, ELO, superb. Yeah, all, all that sort of stuff was in there, and and oh, tubular bells. So yeah. you, you sl- and, and again, I, I, this is how I sort of learned my respect for music was, mm. okay, I'm, I'm going to, I want to listen to the Beatles now because I don't know who they are. I'm going to put it on the turntable and oh, if I dropped the needle too heavily, yeah. if I didn't, if I didn't clean the record before I started dropping the needle, the trouble I'd get in. Oh, and, and I, and, 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 and as I'm telling you this, this first time I've remembered that in years, <laughs> like, it, being able to live it in my mind is fantastic. I, I genuinely, I'm really excited that I've remembered that because I, I, I struggled to remember stuff, stuff like this. So yeah, I, I remember that now very clearly. We, we had a special cleaning thing for the for the. Yeah. You know, we had to turn it on and clean it before you put the drop. Yeah, let stuff it like turn that. and you hold hilt the thing, don't it? Yeah. Exactly, and and I remember listening to to Beatles albums on it, um, particularly the Red and the Blue album, and, and just 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 yeah. chilling and listening to it with the headphones on and, and lying on the floor and listening to that, that kind of music. And yeah, you're what, what awesome, amazing music from start to end in every single album. Yeah. And that, that's the thing that, that just an amazing band. And it, it's kind of funny, like, like you're talking about there, it sparks memories. It's the thing I love about music. Um, I can hear a song, a song come on the radio. I've not heard for ages and it just transports me back to somewhere in my life. Just a memory just flashes into my mind. I've got this kind of weird, freaky memory thing going on. I have to say, I'm the kind of opposite of you, where I don't forget a lot of things from back then. My mum's actually amazed at some of the stuff I can remember. And um, you've probably seen, if any of you that that's met me have seen, I've got quite a, quite a um, visible, probably scar is the best way to describe it on my face. And I fell when I was two years old. I raised my sister at the car. And it was an old Austin, Austin 1100. And uh, I think it was two and a half. And I got to the car first and jumped in. But I tripped up and in the back of the car, there was like a bit of metal framework that stuck up from the floor. There must have been something in there. I don't know what it was, but there was something that used to get in there. And I cut my face open on it. And they took me to hospital and they basically tried to pin me onto the bed to, to stitch my face. But I was going crazy. I was kicking them and I was just going mad. So what they did, they got a sheet and wrapped me up in a sheet and pinned me down to the bed to, to stitch my face up. So I kind of always had this problem all my life where like, I can't get in a sleeping bag. I can't wrap myself up in covers tight and stuff like that. It's just something psychological. Mm. And um, But it's funny, like, my mum's like, how can you remember all that? And I can remember exact details. I can remember, like, I think I was at one and a half, and I can tell my mum exact details of a caravan site we were at. She's like, how do you remember this? Wow. But I don't know, it's just in there, and it just, it just stays. And... I kind of, my boss and that kind of find me a bit freaky as well because we can go somewhere once in a new city we've never been to somewhere in the world and um, the ne- I'll know exactly where to go the next time we go. I don't forget. I just wow. like know exactly where to go and I remember stuff and he's like, how do you do this? 
So yeah, I don't know. It's just don't know if it's a talent. Like just, yeah, it's just one of them rubbish talents to have, but something that's that sticks in my head. I, I couldn't tell you what I had my dinner last night, by the way, but I can remember all this shit from forty years <laughs> ago. It's crazy. Oh man, that's awesome. That, I mean, it's amazing that you can remember all that stuff. And, and yeah, that's it's just. I think I probably prefer to, but yeah, it, actually that said, the, the, that experience just that a minute ago was, was really quite uh, interesting yeah. and exciting for me. Just, oh, fuck, I remember something from, from way back when that was, uh, that was, that was awesome. Um, okay. Moving on next question. Uh, and I think we touched a little bit on this uh, in the last one, but, um, and I know you've seen your, you know, a fair share of Yankees games, yeah. but tell us about, you talked a little bit about it, but tell us about your first game and what about, I think more importantly, the favourite game that you've ever been to. Yeah, I mean, the first game, here I have got a little baseball that I bought and in the back of here is my ticket from the first ever game that I went to. I don't know how good that will come up on the screen for you. But it was wow. September 11th, 2003, Yankees versus the Tigers. Um, Roger Clemens was pitching. I can name almost the full team that we had out because we had Posada behind the plate, Jambi at first, Soriano at second, Aaron Boone at third, um, Hideki Matsui, Bernie Williams, and I cannot remember the big guy who was playing the outfield. Oh, I can see his face. Garcia? Ah, we Karim. had a conversation. Yeah. Go on, go on. I think it was, was it Karim Garcia, his name was. Yes, yeah, it was. I think it was. So we had a, I'm sure we had a conversation about this not we that did. long ago, actually. We did. And we, we, we all were like picking it. Oh, who was it? Who was it? Um, but yeah, that's, um, and, uh, I, yeah, that's awesome, man. I, I, I didn't realise that you had the first ticket as well. Yeah, I've still, I've, still got, I've still got it here. I kept it in this, this little... And that's just a ball that I bought. I bought that ball in Models and oh. the little box thing came with it. So I put my ticket in there when I came back and I've also bought a little... Patriots Day because it was September 11th. I bought a little badge off a, of a veteran guy in the way in. So, yeah, I've kept that up in my wall. But, yeah, the game was... Um, I can't even remember the score now, but it wasn't it wasn't the most exciting game in the world. Um, but, yeah, it was it was just superb experience. I, I miss old Yankee Stadium. I've said it many times. I've been lucky enough to go to both stadiums. Um, I miss old Yankee Stadium. I think the, the new stadium's lost something. Don't be wrong, it's... Absolutely amazing, amazing stadium, really, really cool place. Um, in terms of facilities, I think it's streets ahead of the old place, but in terms of something special, I think it's lost a little bit of it. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I should actually say I'm kind of I'm kind of fortunate in my career that I get to, I'm an export manager for a, a company in the motorbike and bicycle industry. I get to travel all over the world. Um, I get paid to travel. And quite often, if I'm over um, stateside, I have, if I go over for two weeks, I have the weekend off in between. And I'm quite fortunate that my work's happy for me to take a flight down to New York and go to games. Well, I say I've done, only done that once, um, but they were happy enough for me to do it. But quite often, I shall spend the weekend in Toronto and go, it just, I just so happened to, my trips just so happened to fall on the time when the Yankees are playing in Canada. I, I don't know how it happens, but it just seems to be a pure stroke of luck. Which it's I'm, not I'm, bad either, because it's a great stadium, isn't I'm it? I'm not actually being facetious a bit there, because the the, the the way that I'm usually over there to attend a show, a, a motorbike show, uh, with our distributor over there, and every time they seem to have me over the week before or the weekend before that Yankees are playing. So I've been lucky enough to see, I've been to, I've been to 
I think I've been to maybe 14 games at the Rogers Centre in total. Probably nine of them, nine or ten, have been the Yankees. I've seen the Astros, I've seen the Red Sox. I'm trying to think. I've seen someone else, I know. I can't I've seen a few teams. Uh, I've got a lot of friends, not a lot of friends, but quite a few friends. And Andy, that used to do the podcast with us, he uh, emigrated over to Toronto. So I normally meet up with people when I'm there, um, some guys that I've known from back home that have emigrated over. And actually, friends of them that I met when I was over there, we became friends as well, keep in touch on social media. So anytime I'm over, there's usually quite a few of us go to a game together. But, but yeah, favourite game, I think I'm actually going to pick. So I think what year it was, it would have been 2015. Remember when the, the Blue Jays traded for Tulowitzki, Price, the, and they, they actually oh, yeah. won, they won the division that, that season. So I went to a game, actually it was in Canada twice that year in 2015. And the first time I was there, me and Andy went to a game and it was, I think it was in April or May, probably May, but we went to a game. It was a, a night game and the, the, the roof was shut and the place was dead. Honestly, we could have sat anywhere we wanted. There must have been, I would estimate 10,000 people in the place and it probably holds 50,000 people. It was <laughs> empty. And uh, we went up and sat, Andy had, Andy had season tickets. We went up and sat up in the upper, upper deck of his season ticket seats and it was just boring. The, the, the atmosphere was completely dead. I was like, holy shit, mate, this is rubbish. And he's like, I know, he says, it, it's like this for a lot of games. He says, but it, it does get going at certain times and big games and stuff like that. But if you came, if it was a Saturday game, for instance, Saturday afternoon game, it would be rocking and it would be busy. So I kind of went away a bit deflated, like, oh, didn't enjoy that. And then later that year, I was back over for the show and they had traded, made all the big trades. Toronto was buzzing for the the team they'd put together. They thought they had a real chance of winning the World Series. And they probably did, to be honest. They had a great team. Yeah, uh, they, had, they had Russell Martin, Josh, uh, Donaldson was in his MVP season. Right. I think it was Estrada, Kevin Pillar. They, they, they had a really good team. Anyway, the, the Yankees came to town and we, I, actually Andy wasn't available. He was away somewhere. So I went to the games. Went the first, the two games myself, but the second game I was there with some guys for the company I was with. Um, and... It was just totally different. It was a playoff atmosphere because it was, it was Yankees and uh, Toronto going for the division and just the difference was unbelievable. And that, I think that was probably one of my favourite weekends. I ended up sitting beside some guys were chatting away and were like, oh no, he's a Yankees fan. And then he's like, oh, you're Scottish? Yankees fan from Scotland. And then we got chatting and the guy, it turned out the guy was a musician. I could tell from his talking, I was like, you're a musician? He's like, yeah. I says, any bands I know, he's like, I'm in a band called The Heartbroken. Mm, never came across him. He's like, you know Crash Test Dummies? I'm like, yeah, he's like, I was a guitarist for Crash Test Dummies. I'm like, no fucking way. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we ended up having a few beers. We're buying beers back and forth. And at the end of the game, he's like, Kev, yeah, yeah. he's like, Kev, you're coming with me. Right? So we went up to this sort of cool part of Toronto. I've never been before. Everyone was buying me drinks because this guy's like, he's quite a major celebrity. I think his dad was quite a major celebrity in, over there as well. He was on TV and stuff. And, um, Everyone was just buying me drinks and chatting away to me and stuff like that. And they actually poured me onto a tram and the tram just happened to stop right outside my hotel. And I, see, the thing is, it sounds like this is a real cool story. This is like eight o'clock at night or something. I was in my bed for nine o'clock, woke up at oh, six o'clock yeah. the next morning, wide awake, like, oh, I drank far too much last night. But great times and probably my favourite game I've been to, not including the weekend we've, we've all spoke about over and over and over. And I, I Kind of wanted to stay away from that because that was my favourite game I've been to was the the London series. But but that's but that sounds like almost like you know if 
the London series never existed. Like that, that's your London that's series. Answer. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was just a, it was just a, a magnificent weekend, and just uh, I was kind of a little bit nervous because obviously you do get a bit of abuse being a, walking down with Yankees gear on and stuff like that. You do get a bit of abuse. I but, thought you were going to say you get a, get a bit of abuse because you're from Scotland. <laughs> no, I think when they hear you're Scottish, everyone's like, "Whoa!" And then they hear the, the kind of West of Scotland accent. They're a little bit kind of, but the Canadians are. They give you a bit of abuse, but it's always good-natured. Canada's yeah. places, and as soon as the people hear your Scottish accent, they've all got a little bit of Scottish heritage going on somewhere, so they're all over you. But a, a fantastic experience. Rogers Centre is one of these places I've said many times, it gets panned. It is a great stadium when the roof's open. And so this is interesting for me, Kevin. So I've been to a few baseball stadiums. I said to you in the last podcast, I haven't been to any baseball games other than the one in the London series, but I have been to some baseball stadiums and that's one of them. And because I was in Toronto for four days um, on, on one of the trips I did in, two, in the sort of mid 2000s, I think. And we, uh, yeah, we went to the, to the Rogers Stadium and I think Rogers Centre and it's a nice it's just a first of all it's a nice place to be Toronto's a beautiful place yeah it's an incredible city and then yeah I I think there was MLS was on at the time in the in the Rogers Centre rather than rather than the the uh, the baseball so that that was again just just going at the wrong time of year and I, and I, I I will learn my lessons from that cool well that's quite enough about Toronto and the Rogers Centre I know it's a nice place but let's move on um Let's talk about your third song, Kev. Um, tell me a little bit about the band before you tell me about the song that you've chosen. Because this, I mean, you've chosen some amazing bands tonight, but yeah. this one's one of my favourites. So the band is The Doors. Now, this was one of my f- all-time favourite bands. And this is a band I was actually alluding to earlier that I don't listen to that much, other than maybe Ellie Woman being on the radio and stuff like that. I don't... Um, I don't really listen to the doors that much. And I started listening to them again, going through this, and oh my God, I was back playing my Super Nintendo, playing Legend of Zelda on my Super Nintendo. That's where my mind went straight away as soon as I started listening to the doors. And I was going through so many different songs. And I love, I, I chose this song to link to the last question. And it doesn't really work because then I chose a game in Toronto instead of choosing the game in London because we've all done the London series. But my thinking behind this was I decided to go for Waiting for the Sun because for the first hour of the game in um, <laughs> in London, all we were doing was waiting for the sun to go behind the shade of the thing. So it's the door waiting for the sun. Where did you first hear the doors, Kev? Oh man, where did I first hear the doors? There was a bunch of us that were mates at school, were just all mad into the doors. I don't actually know who was first. 
to come along with it. I don't know where it came from, but I have every single Doors album on CD. I actually recently put all my CDs up in the loft and I was looking through them and I was like, oh, I should really start listening to these. And then I was like, shit, I don't have a CD player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I did something similar, except I did the the music magpie thing of throwing yeah. all of my CDs into a box and just, well, once I'd copied them and, and stuck them onto a hard drive somewhere, yeah. I just got rid of them all. And and I, I had a, a load of door CDs in there and gutted to get get shot of them, but at the same time, like taking up so much space and that, they are awesome though. And I, I could get lost in, in a day of, of, a, of a Doors album. And yeah. I mean, there's so many classic songs, man. And for, for me, I know there's, there's the LA woman you talked about, like what they they play that a lot on the radio. My my favourite Doors song by far is Crystal Ship. Yeah. I love that tune. I just love the Soft Parade album is one that I kind of played to death, but genuinely I used to sit and play my Nintendo and just listen to the Doors. I'm, I'm going back to kind of when I was probably 15, 16, 17 years old. Um, the Doors were just just a period in my life where I, I listened to them all the time. And I've kind of drifted away from them and they were a little bit disappointed myself. I knew they had to be in there because they've been such an important part in my music when I was younger. Um, but it's kind of a band I've drifted away from, and I'm back in at the moment. It's funny for me, like with, with most bands, it's it's guitars that I love, but with yeah. with the Doors, it was always the keys. They they the just oh, just such incredible tunes. And Jim Morrison is just. I mean, I know he's part of the Twenty Seven Club and all that kind of stuff, and um, but just a, a very what's the word? intriguing guy he'll kind of get to understand and about a trouble character and stuff and I, I just love the doors the doors are and there's a crowd of us who were all really close mates at school like my, my mates from up here just didn't really listen to this shit they were all as i said before they were all into kind of rave music and that back then and they'd be listening to bass generator and crap like that and i would be in my room you know listening to the, the doors and getting slagged off them for it now but i didn't care but at school my schoolmates were all kind of more into this kind of stuff and I actually texted one of my mates the other day. I'd screenshotted. I was listening to Morrison Hotel uh, album and I screenshotted and sent him a, a picture. I said, Do you still listen to the doors? He's like, Oh, mate, that takes me back. <laughs> so, good, mainly because he doesn't listen to them either. No, so, he, yeah, said, he said he does actually, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, cool. Do you know what? I, I think the, the songs I hear, I, you know, door, the doors are such like they're ingrained in history, similar to, to, mm. to the Beatles, but. I feel like it's a little bit cliche to to cover um, for bands to cover the Beatles and almost the Doors as well, but yeah. people seem more comfortable doing it. So you, you hear various different versions of Doors songs, and uh, yeah. and they're all bloody amazing because because uh, the Doors wrote such incredible songs. So yeah, okay, that was uh, that was your third song. So moving on, um, question for you, Kev: Who's your all-time favourite player? Oh man, this this this. I was round the houses with this one because this is such a tough question and a team with so many heroes and uh, in your guy last week, you know, Jeter's just been a huge part of my life as a baseball fan, you know, Jeter was the, the kind of main man through it all. Um, I mentioned earlier Tino Martinez, I can't do this without talking about him, he was one of my all-time favourite players, thought he was great. I've answered this question in the past, Lou Gehrig was always kind of my main answer because I absolutely love the guy. Um, I actually did mention on, I think it was on Jack's or was it Rob's podcast that um, my father-in-law actually died of um, ALS, which is obviously yeah. known as Lou Gehrig's disease over there. So there's a kind of connection yeah, to that. And it was Rob, sorry, it was Rob's, yeah. And it, um, and also 
uh, Jimmy Johnson, who was voted the greatest ever Celtic player, tragically died of it. I'd never heard of it before he got it. And then I found out um, after he had it, then you found out it was Louis Gehrig's disease. But I just love Louis Gehrig's story. And, you know, that team, we've kind of talked about it a lot. But when we did the the draft show, um, I really enjoyed that. We did it kind of during lockdown. And it was great to get to know players. And there's a lot of players. The more I kind of looked into it, I love Yogi, right? Yogi just yeah. is much of the guy as the player. And Absolutely. I think he's a most decorated player ever but the one guy I kept coming back to and the one guy I had to have on my team when we did the draft was Mickey Mantle so yeah it was Mickey Mantle so I had to be Mickey Mantle um yeah for, for anyone who couldn't see that that was me mouthing Mickey Mantle yeah, as you were saying it <laughs> you knew it was coming <laughs> oh, yeah. a bit like me yeah. last week but yeah you knew it was you knew it was coming so it, it had to be the mix so yeah favorite players the mic mate I, that's not a bad thing that uh, that we both know each other's favorite player despite <laughs> the fact that there are so so bloody many to choose from well yeah, yeah. And, uh, and not an entirely terrible choice. So who have we had? And I mean, the four weeks we've had, I mean, Lou Gehrig, Mickey Mantle. We, ha- we haven't had Babe Ruth yet. Not Babe Ruth yet. Who did Rob choose? He he had Lee, Lou Gehrig. Oh, he had Gehrig, he did. Yeah, and that's why I remembered it. Because, Jack because had, man, this is on top of my memory. I can tell you what I've done when I was two year old, but I can't tell you what I've done two <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> um, he was, it? no, Donnie Baseball was his, was his favourite moment, wasn't it? Okay. Oh, was it? I, th- I, th- I thought it was Donny. I thought you were right. It was Donny Baseball. But then again, yeah, Jack's not important. M- move on. Yeah, I can't even remember. <laughs> Sorry, Jack. <laughs> but yeah. I'm not. It's Gary Sanchez and uh, he's wrong. So um, <laughs> <laughs> moving very swiftly on, yeah. um, you, your your next song. T- tell us a little bit about, I, it's an album as well. The, the, the song title is an album. It is it? actually an album. and um, the, mad, the whole Madchester scene, indie scene, was very much soundtrack kind of my teenage years. I do still listen to a lot of Oasis, although they wouldn't even came close to being in here, if I'm being honest. I, I, I do love the band, but they, they didn't even come close to a sort of top six. There was loads of bands around about that time. Pulp were huge. I was really, oh. really struggling not to put Pulp in here. Um, but yeah, the, the Charlatans for me uh, had to go in and <laughs> try to pick a song was tough. And uh, I, I was kind of swithering between having Yogi in there. So I thought if I'm going to have Yogi in, if I'm going to have Yogi as, as one of my top players, then Telling Stories seems like a good song. So the Charlatans <laughs> te- Telling Stories. <laughs> Um, 
it seems that any band that isn't from at least the north of England, or at least, I suppose, the Midlands, but north or east, Manchester, <laughs> Manchester, or LA, they're the only people that are getting into your, they're your the top ones, six. The only ones that's getting in, yeah, it seems to be. And it's, um, I, I, I don't know if you've ever seen the Charlotte's Live, they are fantastic, absolutely amazing live. I remember um, teeing a party years ago, and my missus was there, Julie, and she just didn't really listen to the Charlatans at all. It was just a band that passed her by, and I said, listen, we need to go and see the Charlatans. So we went to see them, and she absolutely fell in love with them. They're superb live. Tim Burgess is a cool guy. I'm loving all the stuff he's doing on Twitter as well, the listening parties. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you've seen this, but he's, he's doing uh, Yeah, these, no, I have. Yeah. I have. Uh, it's, it's a good idea. I think, um, the, the yeah, I, 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 I liked the Charlatans at the time, but they were another band that, were part of that that scene that yeah stone roses for me were the, the, the antithesis of the scene the charlatans were were okay and then you had your oasis and and all the other stuff that tried to sort of emulate it tried to make it a little bit more dirty and a little bit more raw and yeah, yeah for me it was it was off and on and and i thought you, you mentioned pulp and and you know jarvis cocker and that lot and, Again, they, they had some good songs, but they were very hit and miss a lot oh, of the time. Man. Whereas yeah. I, I found Stone Roses to be hit after hit after hit. And, and Charlatans, again, largely lots of hits. But I, I want, for me personally, I want something a little bit with a bit more variety in it. Yeah, I've got I've, the thing with Pulp is, I mean, Pulp, are just, they've got so many amazing songs. And again, I can kind of attribute them back to a period in my life when I listened to them all the time. And played them to death. I think that they've got special memories like that. But I, I do listen to Pulp a lot. It's another band I, I do listen to a lot. I listen to Charlatans a lot. Um, a lot of bands for that era. The Verve, Verve was another band. Oh, and the Verve, I man! Think Ashcroft, were... superb. So, um, funnily enough, and we can come on to some of this other stuff later. But I, I, I saw uh, Roger Waters with C6 Steve and uh, Richard Ashcroft, <laughs> and mate, it was brilliant. What, yeah. what a show! What a show! And and actually, C6 Steve and um, uh, Richard Ashcroft were probably better than Roger Waters was. So yeah. it, it was a pretty, pretty incredible show. And that wasn't all that long ago either. But nah, I've got it, Matt. I mean, and then Cast are another band I listen to a lot. And it's just a, a lot of music from that time, I think, is slightly underrated. You know, Ocean Car Scene's another band I love. I, they wouldn't even get close to my top 10, if I'm being honest in that. But they've got some such amazing songs. Uh, and again, again, it all goes back to a period in my life. It just it just transports you back there. You know what I mean? It's totally. Memories. I think for me, and again, I think I talked to Rob about this, but not, <laughs> but not you. Yeah. The music I chose was all quite heavy and quite punky, and you'd sort of expect mm. me to have been in a, involved in a lot of mosh pits and circle pits and stuff like that, which I have. Yeah. Um, but what I said to him was one of the one of the most like hectic mosh pits I've ever been in was Swade. Ah, yeah, yeah. I think you did say that to me. Actually. Did I say that to you? Did you I did say, say it to me. Yeah. So yeah, point, it, it yeah. Was mental, absolutely mental. I've never seen a, a group more, more, and I mean, I mean the fans more nuts than they were. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the the, the whole thing with Pulp, without a doubt. I mean, if you've ever seen them live. Jarvis is one of the best live acts I've seen in a long time. He's um, a front man. He's, yeah, a, front he's a front man, man sure. but he's brilliant. He's superb. Anyway, yeah, I mean that's the kind of music I had to get a few of them in there. And the Charlatans were top of the top of the the pile for me, and just uh, just get some brilliant music. And they're still doing it. They're all still together and still doing it. And it's uh, it's good to see you. Okay, so moving on, time machine. Oh, it's yes. ready. It's ready to go, mate. The DeLorean is is charged. We're ready to go to 88, 88 miles an hour. Brilliant. We're ready to go. Um, where are you going? 
But where are you going in Yankees history? So there's all these different amazing moments we could go to, but there's one that stands out for me personally, and I want to go back there. And it happens to be the same year as I went to the first game, um, my first game at Yankee Stadium. Okay. I want to go back to the Aaron fucking Boone moment. It still stands up there for me <laughs> as one of the most amazing. you got to picture yourself as me suddenly became hooked on the Yankees. And as someone who is a fan of one side of the old firm, it's very easy for me. I have to have a, a rival that I hate in sports. And I took to hating Boston really easy. Uh, just their mouthy fans. I knew it, yeah, and I knew quite a few Boston fans from over here, which helped me. But that moment when Aaron Boone done that was just unbelievable. I watched it live on TV and it was just, I was going, man, I was in my flat on my own. My neighbor upstairs must have been going crazy, going, what the fuck is he doing down there? But I was just going off my head and it was brilliant. And it's one of them moments, don't be wrong, they got their revenge on us. Um, but it's one of them moments that just, I would love to have been there in the stadium for it. It was just superb. And, you know, there's a Bucky Dent one from back in the day. But for me, Aaron, the Aaron Boone moment is just something I would love to have been there live. It would have been my moment, and that's where I'd like to go. Love it. It suits you down to the ground as well. I think. <laughs> yeah, you know I, I mean, so. yeah, yeah, I think it does. It totally suits you. That's that. That is that is you in a Yankees moment. That's it awesome. Is. It is. What a fantastic choice. Speaking of fantastic choices, yes. so I talked about the 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 Beatles being a, a favourite. Um, this next band that you've chosen, and actually this track. Dude, <laughs> what a choice. Yeah. That's just Talk to us about this. Probably the greatest band ever, in my opinion. I think they probably are. I agree. The Floyd, I, I was desperate. Well, I wasn't desperate. I was planning to pick something from The Wall because I just think The Wall's an epic album. I've seen Roger Waters do The Wall at the MEN Arena probably, I don't know when it was, 10 years ago, whatever it was. Um, I've been lucky enough to get to see most of the bands that I wanted to see back in the day, uh, I never thought I'd get to see Stone Roses, and I did. I never thought I'd get to see my last band, but I did. Uh, Pink Floyd, I never got to see the band together, but I got to see Roger Waters playing the, doing the wall, and it was absolutely an amazing gig. I went down with Julie and my mate and his missus, and it was just got down there and knew so many people that were down for the gig. But there is a bit of a another story behind why I chose Wish You Were Here. And uh, one of my close mates was killed in a car crash in 2005. Uh, be, yeah, 2000, so it was January, it was just after a new year. Um, the last time I actually spoke to him, <laughs> it's kind of funny, but it was just after Christmas and it's the only time in my life I've ever had the actual flu. And uh, I was absolutely knocked for six, but I went to the doctors and got a prescription and I was up at the chemist getting a prescription. I met him and he was building a studio. He's a musician and he was building a studio in his garage and he was just so hyper and excited about this, um, the studio he was building. He's like, oh, I can't wait to show you it, Rooney. It's going to be great and I'm doing this and that. And it was just one of them nothing conversations. See you later, mate. And sadly, um, he was killed in a car accident just after the new year. Uh, I think it was the 4th, 4th of January. So that was probably the 28th of December or something I seen him. So Wish You Were Here was one of his funeral songs. Um, so it's kind of a little bit, has a wee bit more poignance to me than just um, the fact that it's a, a Pink Floyd song. But it also, if I'm going to be there, I wish you were there with me, mate, to see Aaron fucking Boone. So that's why I picked it as well.
That's quite a story, Kev. That's yeah, quite cheers, a story, mate. Man. Cheers, mate. Uh, it was something I did want to get in, and um, it was his 15th anniversary in January this year, and um, we kind of scattered his ashes up the West Highland Way. So we all went up and climbed up the hill, and we took this big stone with his name on it and stuff like that. And uh, that was quite a quite an emotional day for all of us. But it's uh, you, th- you think back in these the good times now. It's uh, that's a good thing about it. You know, times a great healer, and you kind of you kind of think back with happy memories now. So. But that song, every time it comes on, it just makes me think of Scott. So that's a beautiful thing, and 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 I remember, I remember seeing it come up on Facebook, mate. It's, yeah. it's interesting because we've been friends for a while, and and we've been connected on Facebook for a while, and I see that on Facebook. And what I love about this situation and the fact that I get to to have this conversation with you is that I get to find out these these amazing things about yeah. your life and and share these stories with you. So I'm really thankful for that. So thank you so much Cheers, for sharing. I, I think that's a great thing about this podcast is that you get to gain a find out stuff that you probably never would talk about otherwise. So it's good but yeah thanks mate yeah that's awesome man so i i I totally understand wish you were here and yeah what what a tune and 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 again what amazing memories for you and and, yeah um, amazing band i mean a band that's i I genuinely got into them i can't actually get them through my best mate jamie his dad um was a musician and he always used to listen to pink floyd the funny thing is jamie came down to the the concert with roger waters concert with me He's never really got that much into the Floyd, although his dad got me into him. It's always a funny story. And actually, last year, um, last year was the first time I had seen the, the Australian Pink Floyd. Holy shit, them guys are good. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <sighs> so they they've played a few times near here, and and they are incredible. But again, I, I, I've been lucky. I saw, I saw Roger Waters. I saw yeah. um, Dave You've seen Gilmore. Gilmore, haven't you? Yeah, I saw him play at the Strat Pack, and oh, that's two thousand and four, and he played marooned coming back to life and sorrow like wow. just in a 20 minute blast of amazing oh just just fantastic man and actually a few not that long ago david gilmore sold all his guitars at yeah. uh, uh, an auction and uh me and my mate went up to london for the day um and spent the day just like we do you know when you've do you know when you've had a really shitty time and yeah. you you really just want to spend the time of your best friend in the world and you do that doing some of the best things and, and some of them and having the f- most fun you've ever had and for me, we, we went and we walked around this um, David Gilmore exhibition of his guitars and, and before they sold. And then we, we went to, to places to eat and drink and just chill for the day. Oh, and right. it, it was it was a fantastic day, man. And um, I think, I think yeah. I, I wonder, you know, I'm, I'm talking about this. You're talking about a story that you have. I wonder how many other Pink Floyd stories. Oh, mate. That, They're so that, important. They're just, yeah. And it's one of them bands, like, as I say, when um, when Jamie's dad, Dougie, got me kind of into listening to them, when we were young, we were kind of in our teenage years as well, probably late teens, when I kind of got more into the Floyd. And I've, I've never... They've never went away. I, I listen to them all the time. I listen to. The, I think. I mean, obviously, Dark Side's the album that everyone everyone sort of goes on about. But I just love the wall. I, th- I think the whole concept of the wall is unique. The way it's been done. I think it's. Uh, even sometimes, see if I'm on a plane, like I obviously said, I travel a lot. But sometimes I'm on a long haul flight. I'll just uh, fire the wall on when I want to just chill. You know, I just lie back. I don't sleep well on planes. I, I just can't I'm, unless I can lie down, which. Really Dude, I'm happened. exactly the same. I'm exactly yeah. the same. I, I have rarely slept on a plane <laughs> at all. I can be on a plane for, you know, I think the 
you know, I've done the American trip. I've done trips to Africa and it's been like 11 hours in a plane. I haven't slept yeah. a wink. So I know what you mean. And I'm exactly the same. Uh, and actually the album for me on those, those flights is the division bell. Um, yeah. but, uh, but the wall, the wall is certainly one of the, one of them that's up there because well, I mean, you can just pick a load of them, can't you? Oh, really? yeah. I mean, I, just say set Pink Floyd and just go, and oh, then you can listen to it for, for eleven hours and be happy. Yeah, I just like I just like lying back or, or like reclining back in the seat or whatever, and just sticking it on and just chilling out. Close my eyes and just glint them on me world. And although I'm not sleeping, it's, it does help. I did once get a, a free upgrade on an Emirates A380 on a fifteen hour flight. I slept well on that. And the business uh, class upstairs, and maybe that's I, it. I slept well, and then I got up and got fed, watched a movie, and then I went up to the stand-up bar, and it was just me that was in there, and it was a Geordie girl and a girl from Glasgow that were working in the bar, and they just kept firing cocktails at me, they kept firing cocktails at me, and they were like, "Try this one, try this one," and uh, I rattled a few beers and about six cocktails, and went back and then slept for another six hours. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, what it that, is, mate. That's the problem that is, that, is that we're all travelling cattle class the, the rest of the time. Yeah, that was amazing. I've got to admit, that was that was that was the best flight ever. But yeah, luxury, luxury, uh, how, how absolute luxury. <laughs> speaking of which, speaking of which, okay, final that question. Was a nice segue there. I like it done. Yeah, I'm impressed. Do you see that? Yep. So uh, the, the last thing, we, we get to take two things to our place at third base or our, our desert island, whichever you prefer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to get a bit different because we talked about luxury. What, what's your luxury item? What are you bringing? <sighs> so I've always had something in mind that I wanted to bring in and then you kind of started pooping stuff like this last week. But my, <laughs> in my mind, I am a huge, I listen to radio a lot. Like I've got Sonos system in here and I've practically get radio on all the time. I sit, I work from home, I uh, have done for a long time and I just sit and I, I, I get through various radio stations depending on my mood. Sometimes I'll flick through absolute 80s one day, 70s the next day, 90s the next day, noughties. Um, I like Virgin Radio, New Virgin Radio is good, uh, Radio X and stuff like that, but I love radio, I listen to Absolute Radios on Saturday and Sunday morning, Frank's getting on a Saturday morning and Jason Manford on a Sunday morning, who's not my favourite comedian, but he's a really good really good in the radio. So yeah, I would like to take a wind-up radio, if possible. I, I'll, I'll let you get, no, 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 I'll let you get away with that because it's a wind-up radio. Yeah. It's, it's the thing that you have to plug in yeah, is the problem. I agree. I, and and this is the thing that I have to struggle with because I I would really like to have uh, a phone or it doesn't have to be a phone actually it can a be device. anything a device that plays books or audio stuff yeah. generally and I I'll be happy with that the reality is it's going to run out of battery and I've got nowhere to charge it so <laughs> yeah, it's a lot power one <laughs> yeah, yeah that's the but, only way I'm going to do it and they don't work let's face it nah they don't I mean. I- I actually put a second answer down to this just in case you, you poo pooed that one. Another thing I would take, if I, if I wasn't allowed to take that, I would probably take a football just to kick about because I could put a word in just kicking a football about. Mate, so. do you know what? It's funny you should say that because you've you've chosen a wind-up radio, which is entirely acceptable because it, it, you can yeah. still use it. You wouldn't be able to hear nothing, but you, you can hear <laughs> There's no radio stations in this. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> but you, you could have that. But so... Um, but for me, if I was choosing a second thing, the second thing I would choose would be a baseball glove. Yeah. Because I could find a baseball and uh, or, or a thing uh, that I could make into a baseball. Something you could use it, yeah, and throw it around. Exactly. And then yeah, I, I, I mean, can do that. 
that's like I've I've been struggling the last little while with um my ankle ligaments. I've had that problems with my ankle ligaments since I was young, but it's been really giving me jip the last little while. And um I'm a coach, my son's football team, they're only sort of seven, six, seven, eight years old. And um I love it, man. It's it's just so enjoyable um doing that. But every time I'm down there, I'm like, don't kick a football, don't kick a football, your legs or don't kick a football. Every single time I do, I can't help it. I just have to get involved. And uh, we're on a little break at the moment because lockdown, we've got, we've, we're back in lockdown up here. I was actually hoping it was going to be better, but it's still blooming sore. But yeah, that's one of my other passions is uh, coaching the next generation. It's uh, it's not always easy, but it's so worth it. I love it. Mate, it is. And for someone who's seen, so I, I've seen how challenging it is to, to coach all different ages and and different people from different backgrounds and i i love personally i love the challenge and of, of coaching different people but actually the younger guys are, are those that have that much more fun doing it yeah um and you can make such a difference to them so early on it, it's it's such fun man it's such fun yeah i think i think also in this crazy year that 2020 has been I think we've been so important to them kids because during the original lockdown, they couldn't do anything. They weren't at school. They weren't allowed to see their friends. They weren't allowed to do anything. And when we came back to the football, the difference in them kids, man, they were just so, just so glad to be able to do stuff. And and that part of it's been quite rewarding this year. It always is, but this year in particular, you just know how much of a difference you're making to them and the parents. You know, we're getting so much thanks from the parents saying, listen, the difference in the kids since they've come back to you guys is... It's amazing. So it's that's it's really good. The the other thing that we allow on the on the island of third base is a baseball book. Yes, What's your baseball book. My baseball baseball book. It's going to be one that was actually very kindly posted to me by my co-host Mark Blakemore. Thanks for that, Mark. If you ever want it back, it's on that shelf behind me. You can probably <laughs> see it there. Um, it's the luckiest man. It's the book about Lou Gehrig. Um, as as has been mentioned by Jack, and I've mentioned it before, I'm not an avid reader. I have an attention span problem, and I get kind of bored with it. So I'm not the biggest reader, but I did really enjoy that book that Mark sent me. I'm trying to work my way through Marty Appel's book, the the one that Rob recommended, and I keep reading bits of it and going back to it. I just... Um, I don't know what it is with me. I just uh, too much else going on for me to sit down and focus on a book, which is really sad. I get that, but yeah, it's uh, it's maybe something when I get back to traveling again, uh, long haul. I think I've got I'm going to have a lot of trips to make up at work, so I might possibly start getting a bit more into it. I've I actually bought a Kindle during lockdown. I've never had one before, um, so I'll probably start taking that when I go traveling and just read some books on that. Good shout, mate. Good shout. I mean, you and Jack aren't aren't the only ones. Like I said in the last yeah. podcast that we did, you know, I, I struggle with it. It takes me a long time. It takes me yeah. a long time to read a book. And uh, yeah, and what's what's great about this this podcast again that that Mark's done is is pulled us together and allowed us to share books. So you 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 have Mark shared a book with you. I've shared a book with Mark. I've shared yeah. a good book with with um, with Helen as well. She shared a book with me. So we've got these these books in common now which yeah. which are which are in each other's houses which yeah. is wonderful That's and great. actually with, with them what we ended up doing i, I think i sent uh helen and mark both a, a baseball card that i had uh, of a yankees player or something helen sent me one of hers it was fantastic man it, yeah. it, was, it was wonderful and, I, and i'm enjoying the book that she read she she shared with me the problem is that i i took that away on holiday with me 
read it whilst I was on holiday and I think I've read maybe a chapter since coming back from holiday so I'm I'm struggling to finish it because of exactly what you're talking about the time the fact that we've got kids you know they they take a lot of the time in in doing this sort of stuff so you know yeah yeah I can I can completely empathize with that because I think I think during lockdown I was reading a bit more and that's when I started reading uh, Marty's book and I'm like you I'm not I'm not going to batter through a book in a week it's just it's just not me um but I was doing like maybe half an hour an hour at night and stuff like that when I had time but then see as soon as things started to open up again work started again only went back to school football started I just don't find the time I really don't. I don't find the time for a lot of things. You know, a lot of people say to me, have you seen this series? Have you seen that series? And I'm like, I don't know where, I don't know where to get the time from. I know. How is that happening? I had a conversation with a group of friends on, uh, it was a Friday, I think it's Friday night, just gone. Uh, we are, where are we? Wednesday. So Friday night, just gone. And these are people who I've been friend, friends with for a very long time. I love them all very dearly. And, and we were talking about series that we've watched and I maybe w- watched one or two of them and they're, they're going, oh, this one and that one and the other one. And there's, there's, there's like 10 or 15 of them. I'm like, yeah. how? How have you done this? So not only how, but I mean, you'd be fine with this. But for me, how do you remember it? Like yeah. some, <laughs> so, some of these guys, they're, they're reaming off lines oh, from yeah. episode five in a series. I, like, I, I can't do that. I, I, I've got it, but I don't... I'm... With movies and stuff like that, I don't remember specifics like that. A lot of my mates do it. I'm, I'm not that guy either. Man, my wife gets really pissed off at me. She goes, oh, we've watched this. No, we haven't. Yes, we have. No, we haven't. Uh, it could be an episode of a series or it could be a film. Yeah. I, like, oh, oh, I don't remember it. Can't Sorry. remember. Yeah. It's funny. Um, one, one of my like my best mate, John, that runs a football team with us, um, he's... he's um, the two of us were somebody recommended the boys to us on Amazon. I don't know if you've seen it. It's brilliant, by the way. I haven't, and that's one of the ones that I was talking oh, about. They, the, the, these guys have all watched it. I haven't had a chance yet, and I'm like, come on. Yeah, it's superb, but basically somebody had recommended it to us at the same time and said, watch it. So about a week later, he's like, oh, I've watched both seasons of it. Where are you? I'm like, I'm on episode four or something, mate. He's like, oh, I've watched it. I'm like, how is that? I just stay up to one o'clock and watch three episodes at a time. I'm like, mate, I'm lucky if I get one a night in. Just by the time I get everything done and stuff like that, I get one episode a night and he's like, ah, oh, no, I just I just sit up and watch them. I'm like, so I, I think I finished it like two and a half weeks later after than he did. But yeah, I highly recommend it. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm on that. That's 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 one of the ones that I say that we were talking about. Anyway, enough about uh, yes. this series is that we should be watching because uh, we need to be talking about your last song and the band. Of, of, and the album and the and the song that you chose actually the song particularly for me is really interesting so to talk about this what, what's your what's your last choice kev my last choice is um a band that you slated the lead singer of last week uh, <laughs> but yeah it's um guns and roses guns and roses for me when i think back um it's just a huge 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 part of my life from probably I started listening to that Stone Roses album, as I say, when my sister friend gave me it. And then probably within a year, probably less than that, I discovered Guns N' Roses. I think Appetite for Destruction was out. I discovered Guns N' Roses. Then went back and listened to GNR Lies, which is what this, this song's off of. Um, but Guns N' Roses consumed me at the time. I had to every video of every concert and watch them till they didn't play anymore. We had had as soon as the albums come out, I remember um, Usual Illusion 1 and 2 coming out, 
there's like a group of us that had to go and get them. Woolworths went to Willie's to buy them and stuff like that. And listen to them, honestly, listen to the listen to the tapes. We wore them out. They need to go and buy them again. It was crazy. We just we were just all mad, mad, mad Guns and Roses fans. And Patience has always been one of my favourite songs. But it also kind of fits in with with being. I'm going to need a lot of patience if I'm on a desert island, so that's why I picked patience. And that oh, whoops, will that's be the wrong one. Whoops. That will be crash test dummies that we're talking about earlier. We can edit that out. We can edit <laughs> no, that right no. out, mate. I, I did that on purpose because uh, because it was the crash test dummies, and man, I'd much yeah. rather listen to that than no. I'm not joking. I'm joking. Actually, this okay. is uh, Guns and Roses and Patience. Shed a tear cause I'm missing you I'm still alright to smile Girl, I think about you every day now Was a time when I wasn't sure But you set my mind at ease There is no doubt you're in my heart now Said woman, take it slow, it'll work itself out fine. All we need is just a little patience. Said sugar, make it slow, and we'll come together fine. All we need is just a little patience. You know, one of the things that I love about Patience as well, in the kind of early days of Guns N' Roses, they were probably quite heavy rock and stuff like that. And Patience was one of their kind of more ballady songs, which they've done quite a bit more of them than Usual Illusion 1 and 2. But I just think it kind of shows what they were capable of back then. And they, they were just the biggest band in the world at the time. They were huge. I feel like you've done it to prove me wrong, Kev, because <laughs> <laughs> last week when we talked about this, I, I whinged about his whiny voice and stuff like this. Yeah. And and this is a really awesome track where yeah. he showed, like Axl Rose shows his, his vocal range a little bit. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, he, he's not just this sort of one-dimensional whiny voice. Screamy, shouty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I, the song itself is beautifully written and um it, it's well sung you you can hear the voice behind it you can hear the gravel behind the voice actually which is really really nice um but yeah and i think you know you know how i feel about his voice generally we talked about it last week but um that's why i'm really pleased that you chose this song because yeah actually it shows his voice in a really really good light i think that i feel like you're trying to piss me off with it <laughs> i think the other thing where it has been acoustic as well is we're kind of used to Slash and his crazy big solos and absolutely phenomenal. And and what what we actually get is um is is acoustic stuff. And it's I don't know. I mean, I, as I say, Guns N' Roses was one of them bands I've always wanted to see. They split up before I had a chance to see them. I seen Axl Rose's version of Guns N' Roses at Leeds Festival, probably two thousand, well, two thousand nine, something like that. Started off well with Welcome to the Jungle, but after that, it was just. It was just fake Guns N' Roses. It was shit. It really uh, was. 
I went the other way. I saw Slash's snake pit. <laughs> well, I've seen Slash's snake. I was going to get to that. I've seen Slash as well. Um, I think Duff actually played in one of the bands I've seen. I can't remember. But anyway, it was it was one of them ones where I was desperate to see them. And a couple of years ago, we were over in Berlin. It was actually when me and all my mates turned 40. And I was trying to get dates together to arrange a trip. And we nobody could decide what they were doing, what they were doing and all that. And then I found out Guns N' Roses were playing in Berlin. So I said, fuck it. We're going to Berlin. These are the dates. You're either in or you're out. And then suddenly everyone was in and that was it sorted. And I said, oh, by the way, I'm going to see Guns N' Roses if anybody wants to go. So there was a, a couple of had tickets and then another two of my mates picked up tickets while we were over there. So we went to the Olympic Stadium in Berlin, which looks like it could have been built last year. It was built by the blooming Nazis, but honestly, mate, this place is amazing. But what a no, guy. I, what... I went to Berlin been? a couple I've been to, been to Berlin a couple of years ago and um Wow, I, I was just blown away by that by the by the city as a whole. Yeah, the city's um, amazing. It, yeah, it, so incidentally, much history dripping everywhere. Incidentally, baseball podcast. Lots of good baseball could be to be had in and around Berlin. Is it? Yeah, Berlin oh, yeah. flamingos, I think. Um, oh. But yeah, uh, Germany's got a really thriving baseball scene. But um, but yeah. Berlin generally, what a beautiful city, oh, fantastic amazing. food, fantastic beer, fantastic yeah. people. You, you you can't go wrong. And they don't hide from their history, which is something that I thought was really, really good. And, um, you know, we did that and we went to, as I say, the the, the, the stadium, honestly, it looks brand new. It is immaculate the way they keep it. Everything's just so perfect. Yeah. And uh, it was just a great experience. And I was actually due to see them this year, uh, obviously, coronavirus has, has put that back but thankfully we thought it was going to be 2022 but they managed to rearrange things and they're coming back next year so we'll hopefully get to see the gig again because Axel's voice is not what it was let's be honest singing live but I would pay the money over and over again just to see Slash live he was unbelievable and the, the funny thing is it ties in with my last song actually um, Slash and the other guitarist I don't know who the other guitarist is because um, I don't I don't it, some guy that tours with him there, I'm not, I'm not actually sure of his name, but they came out and done a kind of dueling banjos thing with guitars to Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd. Oh, right. And it was just Slash and the other guy, mate, it was unbelievable how good it was. And they were just like, they were playing along to Wish You Were Here, but they were just doing all these wild solos. And Slash is just phenomenal. The funny thing is, Duff looks quite similar to he used to look. Axel looks older and fatter, but you can still tell it's him. Slash just looks the same. Just a ball of hair and a guitar and a hat. But yeah, phenomenal. Uh, but big... Not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. Yeah, and nah. So interestingly, though, there was something we didn't talk about last week, which we need to talk about this week. Okay. And that is, uh, did you ever hear a band called the Neurotic Outsiders? No. No. Okay. So this was something that I did talk to Rob about as well. And I'm really glad that we get the opportunity to do this. So. The Neurotic Outsiders was a super group that was formed in the, it was 95, 96. Okay. And it was Matt Sorum on drums, oh, yeah. Duff McKagan on guitar, yeah. uh, Steve Jones from the Sex Pistols on guitar and vocals, yeah. and John Taylor from Duran Duran on wow. bass. Dude, check that shit out. Um, yeah, uh, the Neurotic Outsiders... Uh, they were having just just a, a group of friends getting having loads of fun yeah. and then all of a sudden a record label you know mid 90s uh, yeah. record labels were, were happily throwing money about record label i think i can't remember if it was mushroom or someone like that threw a million dollars on the table and wow. said hey make make a record for us and they went off and did it and they did a few gigs and 
dude what fun they had loads of fun doing it they did some mm-hmm. um uh, some sort of sex pistols songs they did some duran duran songs in the style of um yeah. you know this this sort of heavy punky guitar-y riffs Brilliant. they did uh, some 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 guns and roses style stuff it was awesome it really was and and we didn't get to talk about it. i'm really glad we've got the opportunity to talk about that because you need to listen to that shit because yeah, i'll definitely go and check that out because that sounds right up my street absolutely so duff mckagan and matt sorum as a as a duo a, a, a sort of guitarist bassist and drummer duo they link together so well. I mean, yeah. you, you talk about Slash being awesome, and he is absolutely, and he stands above above quite a lot of guitarists. But but Matt and and uh, and Duff, and again, Duff's uh, something again that I've, I I haven't read but have listened to on Audible is Duff McKagan's um, autobiography. That is something to listen to. Yeah, it really is. And 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 that band and and that group of people having such fun at that time. Uh, was awesome and uh, yeah, yeah definitely I, I, that. I definitely need to get a listen to that and that, that, there's been quite a few of these kind of things that's been done because I know the whole free bass thing was done with uh, Hookie and Manny and a few others mm-hmm. and it was all bass players that got together and stuff and it's just it's just a bunch of mates having fun let's be honest but there's yeah. nothing usually that's mean that's when good things happen but I'll definitely check that out interestingly with Duff McKagan I think he was one of the last people to see Kurt Cobain alive he was actually really? sitting with him on a flight. Yeah, the flight, the, the two of them took the flight back up to, wait, where was it he lived when he when he took his life? Seattle. It was back in Seattle, wasn't it? Yeah, I think, I think they, yeah, took a flight, they took a flight from LA up to Seattle and Duff was talking to him on the plane. He was the last person to actually see, well, one of the last people to speak to him. Interesting. Crazy. Yeah. Very interesting. And we talked about the 27 Club earlier. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, and and in, interesting, I have a, a very different point of view on that to quite a lot of people. Um, uh, I used to, and I still love Kurt, Kurt Cobain. I still love Nirvana. I hold Kurt Cobain completely, solely <laughs> responsible for the current state of affairs in music. He has ruined it for everybody by 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 letting. You know, punk was the start of it, but yeah. Kurt Cobain was absolutely the antithesis of it all. You go and start a band with anyone, so long as you work hard, you can be a you can be a yeah. band. And and that, that was the that's the one thing that I st- think stand stood Nirvana stands Foo Fighters and stands quite a lot of these other bands apart from from others is the amount of hard work that they do. You, yeah. you think that you know Nirvana were this sort of uh, bunch of ragamuffins who, who who just come together off a uh, uh, were friends at school and just formed a band? They didn't. They worked every single day. Yeah. To, to be tighter and better as a band and and um and that's incredible and it's the it, you know you, you talk about that scene that you were you were talking about earlier the stone roses the charlatans you, your oasis your pulps they were the same they yeah. worked every single day to be better at their craft and 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 do what they could do so yeah um incredible times yeah i mean i think the thing i think the thing that really made people's eyes open up to cobain was when he done the mtv unplugged thing mm. Everyone was expecting him to turn up and play his own songs and stuff, and he turns up and starts playing Bowie and things like that, and it was just absolutely unbelievable. But yeah, a big loss to music, but yeah, the 27 Club is fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I'd say fascinating from your choices that you, as I said, you chose basically north of England and LA and nothing else. <laughs> Yeah, and 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 actually, the links between you know Stone Roses and the Charlatans. Essentially, the Charlatans were basically a support band for the Stone Roses. That's right. Yeah. And um, was it not the Charlatans' keyboard player or 
guitarist or something along those lines was 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 also in Primal Scream. Yeah, you think the Manny who went for Stone Roses, the Primal Scream. Because Rob Collins was the original. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So Rob Collins was the original keyboardist for for, for right. the Charlatans, and the Primal Scream. At yeah. the time that you're talking about, so the, the I think the, the they kind of were all kind of together down at um down at Monmouth, and I think um I think there's a lot of that, a lot of that kind of all happened around about the same time because they were all recording recording albums down there. The Stone Roses are credited to be actually saving that that um studios. There's a good documentary on about it recently. I'm I'm conscious that, that much like the podcast where you interviewed me, I'm now interviewing you. We've gone on for a very yeah. long time. Yeah, telling stories was a good was a good chunk to pick actually for that. <laughs> it was, mate. It was absolutely. Yeah, we do like to that. talk, and that's absolutely. the joy of it. That's the joy of it. We like to talk, and we, we like to get our point across. Not sure people like to listen to us talking, but hey ho. Who cares, mate? Who cares? Yeah, that's it. But let's hope they enjoy it, and if they do, great. But if not. Um, I've had a thoroughly enjoyable evening just chatting to you about it, and um, yeah, yeah, it's been mate, wonderful, it's been, mate. It's been brilliant. I really enjoyed it, and uh, uh, yeah, genuinely, really, really went well. Apart from the the few issues we had, but um, we'll edit that out. And I'm away to wind my radio up. Yeah, you you go wind <laughs> you go wind your radio up, and we'll find us some more people from Yankees Universe, yeah. whether that be on Facebook or Twitter or whatever else, uh, to come and talk to us about their six favourite songs, and um, and um, you know, what their favourite yeah what their favourite yeah. moment in Yankees history was and stuff like that. So I'm quite looking forward to to chatting to some 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 Yankees friends um, yeah. and finding out their their views on stuff. So. We'll do that in the in the very near future. See you later. Bye.